0: Happened
1: in the 90s uh... Matt was the fat kid, Steve was the flat kid Life wasn't always great, but you know what was? The 90s Happened in the 90s, yeah! Welcome, welcome everybody, to the newest and greatest episode of Happened in the 90s. This is Matt G here with Steve G. And, uh, Hello, Matthew. Hey, how are you doing, Steve? So you got a new movie coming out. <laughs> Steve, you know, I don't know if you remember this, I don't know if our listeners or watchers remember this, but at one point recently, I went to a flea market in town and I purchased a Michael Bolton-centric fanzine. Uh, called The Passion, Secrets, Soul, and Truths. And it's really just sort of a tribute to the man himself uh, by the mouths and pencils and pens of his fans.
0: That's a thick booklet, too.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of information here, but I came across a couple of things I thought you'd find interesting. And I might be fucking up and leaving off with this because this is insane. Among other, you know things that michael bolton has been in steve would you believe that playgirl was in fact one of those things fuck no (laughs) steve uh in fact it was in september 1990 playgirl printed what we already knew michael bolton was named one of the 10 sexiest men of 1990 and the layout included a paragraph and photo note sorry ladies Back issues are not available. So unless you have this in a vacuum sealed bag someplace, ladies or gentlemen, uh, you're not going to be able to see this. I don't know where you're going to find that.
0: collector's item here.
1: Yeah. Michael Bolton's naked dong, Steve. I'm not clamoring to see it, but I guess the ladies of the 90s were. Yeah, Clearly, they were thirsty in 1990. I mean, this Dickens guy just made what if it was basically just that photo, but his dick's out, you know. I think, man, <sighs>
0: <laughs> um, it's like know, uh, Steve Jobs up front, dying back Daryl in the back,
1: yeah, really intense haircut. And I mean, this guy was just shredding hearts, shredding, um uh people's minds and orgasming chicks and playgirl uh, apparently he's a huge fan of andre agassi as well friends with so that's pretty cool but then just a couple haircuts yeah you're right they actually i wonder if they like gave each other like hair tips like use this use mane and tail that horse shampoo works great
0: and I think they let it go around the same time It's like dude we're getting to the middle of the decade Like let's chop this off Let's look like business now
1: Yeah I got we gotta stop We're successful people now I'm not trying to get as much trim And you know that attracted the wrong type of chicks Steve um, well, he, I guess he got Brooke Shields Yeah but Michael Yeah I'm sure I mean Michael Bolton. I'm sure had his fair share of those ladies too Swimming Oh yeah he probably. We were talking about like Sharon Stone earlier. He probably had his shot at her, but Sharon Stone's like Edna Krabappel. You only get one shot, so who knows? But the one other thing I just wanted to point out this, you know, gives us a little insight into the man himself, um, and just I have a couple of things that. He Michael Bolton himself loves his pastimes listed out. So I'm just going to let you know a couple of things that maybe you would find interesting. Um, he loves opera, he's a true picture. Uh, he's moved to tears sometimes. This says when he goes to see a show. No so way. this guy's he has he's in touch with his emotions, and I like that from a celebrity. Um, he does a lot of impersonations. Um, I guess he does a good Rodney Dangerfield impersonation, according to this. So look out for that, Steve. He's coming for your I, impersonation.
0: I, I could see that. I mean, he's got a great voice, uh, despite yeah. what people talk about you know what I mean. I so like singers can like they can manipulate their you know.
1: They can be voice instrumentalists too, if you will, where they can use it as an instrument in and of itself, other than just singing. So I like that. And Especially then Mickey Bolts. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. And especially, he puts that hair up in a ponytail and starts doing a Rodney. Chicks are just fucking, they're loving it. Everyone's laughing, having a great time. And then that leads into his last um, pastime, Steve. And I think we all knew this, but um, kissing. He enjoys a nice kiss. (laughs) So, again, this segment... Brought to you by Michael Bolden and uh, his fandom. And uh, if you can, maybe go pick yourself up a copy of Michael Bolden, The Passion, Secret, Soul, and Truths.
0: Hey, man, you Somewhere. might want to get that vacuum sealed, too. Because there's no telling how many issues are available, man.
1: I gotta read it. I gotta just make sure I comb through it. Just to just ing- get it all. I gotta absorb some of that, you know, Steve. I'm still growing as a man. I think... Michael Bolden can teach me a couple of things, so.
0: Enlighten yourself. <laughs> the, t- the towel of Mickey Bolts.
1: Ah, uh, dude, what if I hey. show up just with a fucking, just straight, majestic Michael Bolden haircut, Steve?
0: Ah, that's the power
1: of hymns. <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, honestly, I could only attribute that to hymns. That wouldn't be possible otherwise. And again, I just have to shout out to hymns. Open for a sponsorship, but thanking you for giving me just a little fraction of my hair back. Thanks, guys.
0: And uh, I gotta say, man, that is a fly ass sweater,
1: dude. Thank you, Steve. Um, I gotta shout out to Ross Dress for Less of all places for this one. Whoa. Just there in the in the racks I found I don't even think I found it. I think Kendra just fucking sniper eyed this one and got it. And I mean shout out because how on brand? I don't even have to make this. Yeah, it's a little thing yeah. up here, maybe just to give our, our brand a little name. But I, I love it. I I appreciate the the uh, the shout out though, Steve.
0: This is Ross dress for less in Cali or uh, no?
1: This is Virginia, Virginia, dude. But Ross dress for less in Virginia, Steve. I'm telling you, open late for some reason till like 11, which I don't get and popping really up until it closes so i don't know
0: well they, they don't sell you stuff at ross it's all like from the
1: mm, i don't know i don't ask a lot of questions usually it's not the purchases you make at a ross dress for less or either because you're in a hurry you have no money or you're doing something as like a joke you know so <laughs> either well you need some cheap cookware because they do have hey. that
0: Hey, Ross can get you together, man. I don't want to talk shit on him.
1: I don't talk shit? Dude, I got a, I had a lot of successful job interviews because of Ross. I didn't have any dress clothes. I, when you need an emergency pair of khakis and a dress shirt, go to Ross. Shout out Ross. Dress for less. Yeah. It's lunchtime. Bring it on. Second course,
0: spaghetti. And for dessert, chocolate pudding. (laughs) Bummer. It's Rubbermaid. (laughs) Rubbermaid. Ideas that last. Well... Hey, boys and girls, this is Steve G and Mad G with Happen in the 90s, a show where we talk about what happened in the 90s. So get out your hammer pants and your crying game posters, because I live in die hip hop. This is hip hop for today. I give props to hip hop, so hip hop hooray. Oh, hey. Oh, hip hop hooray. Oh, hey. Hip hop, hip, hip hop, hip, hip hop today.
1: Where's your huge ass chain at, Steve.
0: Oh, it's at the pawn shop. <laughs> <sighs> Na- Naughty by nature didn't really rock chains, though. They're, they're from Joy-Z. They are from Joyzy. they do not really do all that flat. We ain't really flashy like that, son.
1: Didn't Trutch have a big-ass chain, though? Did he? Oh, well, I digress like a motherfucker. But I'm it, but was, still, a, it like, was a chain. Not... When I say chain, I'm not talking with diamonds on it. It was just a chain, yeah. like a big ass, like <laughs> uh, to pull a boat. I don't know something.
0: Oh, one of those with the, the Dookie rope.
1: I mean, the dude was bodied. I heard he used that shit and tried to bra- brain somebody with it at one point too. So that's cool. <laughs> 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 it's
0: from Jersey, man, that's Bam Bam's old stomping grounds. They get down.
1: Dude, we're from Ohio, Steve. We're tough. We know about that. We're a fellow tough guys.
0: Yeah, we, we've we've been in enough trailer parks. Uh, well, today, my friend, we're talking about all things February 23rd in the 90s. Starting off in 1990, Nightbreed premieres in theaters. A troubled young man is drawn to a mythical place called Midian, where a variety of friendly monsters are hiding from humanity. Meanwhile, a sadistic serial killer is looking for a passy. 6.5 on the end dubs directed by clive barker starring craig sheffer and bobby and david cronenberg
1: i dated a chick who was in horror movies and i feel like this is a really good movie it is a david cronenberg movie and i know that guy's a legit horror director so this is probably pretty uh, dope
0: he didn't direct it uh it was directed by clive barker oh, who, I'm who's sorry. also a legend
1: yeah he hell yeah hellraiser yeah
0: And uh, it's got a cult following. I I remember hearing about it um, and I I was going to start to watch it over the week, but then I saw the images and I said, nope.
1: Wait, is that the guy from Star Trek?
0: See, it's too sci-fi and that's what it reminded me of, some Babylon shit. I'm
1: like, eh... yeah definitely but i mean they that whoa i bet the special effects though because that's one thing about david cronenberg that i do know is that anything he's affiliated with i know he didn't direct it clive barker too uh the special effects were probably top notch but yeah this is not the movie i was thinking of uh and looks pretty fucking intense honestly this bitch is ripping her face off so that's crazy it's pretty
0: gnarly man and uh that that same day in 1990 revenge premiered in theaters a retired u.s navy pilot comes to mexico where he falls in love with the wife of a powerful businessman the consequences will be cruel and unforeseen directed by tony scott starring kevin costner anthony quinn madeline stowe and sally kirkland hmm. and uh kevin i swear you're fucking pressing the line i've been really trying to hold out man uh just off the strength of elliot ness yeah. bodyguard but man uh, you're, you're you're in encroaching sandra territory
1: you're you feel the dreams i'm thinking maybe you know once we get to the 90s steve the costs there's a huge drop off he had a couple but god damn dude you're doing
0: robin hood i don't i never seen it don't care uh water world no I'm good
1: I mean, Waterworld in and of itself is not as it's one of those movies that has so much like negative shit about it. And it was like a, a fucking bomb at the box office. It's not like the worst movie. It's just not good. It's not what you man. want. And it's not like an untouchables, which hard to beat, you know, but yeah. God damn, dude, do something. Yeah, man. It, uh, on that same day in
0: 1990, where the heart is premieres. A wealthy businessman shows off shows his young adult offspring how tough life can be. Directed by John Borman, starring Dabney Coleman, Uma Thurman, Joanna Cassidy, Crispin Glover, and Christopher Plummer.
1: Hmm, sounds like it's a, a uh, really boring movie. I don't want to, oh, boring. God. is stuck. Uma, Uma really. I feel like I was into Uma for a while, like Kill Bill status, and like that era, that era of the Uma. But this. And the chick that looks like that chick from American Pie who's all over the place now, Natasha, whatever her name is, Leon Natasha whatever. Natasha
0: Leon, yeah.
1: I'm kinda yeah, into that, was... though. I like a smoky white chick. What about you, Steve? You like white trash?
0: Um, I, I you know what, I, I find the cuteness in uh oddballs. Uh close Savigny. Um, she's not like Hollywood starlet standards whatever man but it's just like i think that oddness is uh kind of attractive
1: speak i mean i i hate the sidetrack, alley but just to give it a shout out both those women are in a show called um uh poker face that natasha leone's like the main person on it's on peacock it's kind of like a procedural mystery show it's sort of colombo-esque um but it's really good and chloe savigny is actually in one of the episodes they got a lot of good ass celebrities to do like cameos and stuff and like yeah. i said she's fun man she's like a quirky little fire you know fireball whatever you want to call
0: <laughs> firecracker fire starter fire crush yeah, uh, natasha leone she's another one like you know looks wise yeah but like seems like a cool chick
1: want some dick when I was in college, dude, smoking heavy cigs, I used to love me a chick that smoked cigarettes. That was my dream, honestly. Just fucking a chick that wanted to rip butts with you all the time. <sighs>
0: Matching parliaments. Oh my God.
1: She's the one. Hey, can I light mine off yours? It's like fucking Lady in the Tramp, but fucking <laughs> trashy as fuck, Steve. And that was my dream. That was my. That was where I was setting my sights at at the time
0: fucking heart-shaped puffs and shit in uh, 1991 snl is airing the episode with musical guest whitney houston and your host alec baldwin
1: probably a banger
0: it was i right. it wasn't you know this is his second time hosting uh whitney houston she did her thing doing uh i'm your baby tonight that's my shit but um it's a, it's a mile step down from his debut, from his first hosting gig. And, uh, it did have its moments, man. There's the Sinead O'Connor awards where, uh, you know, it gives the different players opportunity to do impressions, man. And, uh, it gave Dana Carvey opportunity to do his, uh, what is it? Paul McCartney. And, uh, this is the one that I remember.
1: This, <laughs> oh, is, in Chris yeah. Farley.
0: this is in the Chris Farley best <laughs> of, and, uh, this is the only clip they show from, for that. Like they just they do a brief like I think it's when they're doing the medley,
1: yeah.
0: Like fast pitch, it's like doing just showing the clips. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: Who is he playing again?
0: Uh, he's who
1: the fuck? Winona I think
0: like, <laughs> I th- something like that. And uh, you know, Mike Myers plays Phil Collins. He receives an award for most empty song. Uh. And also, this is another Conan cameo he's he's getting some airtime in these. Yeah. uh there's an Evander Holyfield cameo in one of the the ads and there's a Cyrano de Bergerac replay with Tim Meadows as like the big nose guy <laughs> and Alec Baldwin has no game so he relies on Tim Meadows and it gets to the point where like Tim Meadows is in the room like, talking, like, while they're making, like, Alec Baldwin is making love to the chick. Um, <laughs> Weird. Like, another, like, one of my favorite skits that didn't, like, really see that much light, man, is this uh, Word Up shit that Farley and Chris Rock used to do. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, this image, it's Don Pardo fucking G'd out. You could see his uh, his rings and shit. Uh, uh, Baller. Rocking a Raiders cap. And uh, Tim Meadows plays Flavor Flav, which is hilarious. Um, and then this conversation between it's supposed to be Bob Dylan and uh, Tom Petty Tom Petty and they're just saying unintelligible shit
1: <laughs> why do they gotta play Tom Petty like that Steve just why
0: but not a bad episode overall uh, but in 1983 Naughty by Nature releases 1993. And, uh, as you know, Hip Hop Array was the breakout single on that, man. And on the video music box, I remember this being in the rotation. Those three digits. Whatever that digit was, it was being selected a lot.
1: Not by nature was that shit, Steve. Like Live I said, I'm hip-hop. telling you, Tretch, they, Tretch had that signature look with that gigantic chain, uh... Also a cool name, Tretch. I just think that's a badass name. Uh, So shout out Naughty by Nature. I mean, they were killing it for a while.
0: And this album is going like several times platinum. Uh, The other singles were uh, It's On and Written On Your Kitten. But um, I mean, one of the cornerstones of 90s hip hop groups, man, Uh, that following year 1994, Dakota Fanning, the American actress, is
1: born in Kanye's
0: Georgia, United States.
1: Dakota Fanning. She was in um, that fucking awesome uh, Denzel movie.
0: Man on Fire.
1: Yeah, that shit is fucking awesome. Shout out Tony Scott, just a legend director. Speaking of the devil.
0: Yeah.
1: uh, Yeah. Shout out Dakota Fanning. She was in a couple of things, but that one is the one I definitely remember because I've seen that shit over and over again. It's so good.
0: And I, I didn't know her grandfather played in the NFL.
1: Oh wow. Really?
0: Yeah. And her aunt was a longtime ESPN ESPN correspondent. So sure. well, mob ties.
1: She's connected.
0: And that following year, ninety-five, Andrew Wiggins, Canadian basketball player, is born in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And uh Andrew Wiggins he was actually the number one pick by the Cleveland uh, Cavs in 2014 Uh, but that was also around the time LeBron came back home and it's because of the trade Andrew Wiggins to Minnesota that's what got us Kevin Love and um, you know. We we missed out on a future talent because we didn't know Kevin Love was already established. So you know LeBron wanted the sure bet, like let's get this guy that's already an All Star. Um, but Andrew Wiggins, he would go on to be traded to different teams. He would join the Golden State Warriors and win a championship with them. Um, so as you would imagine, he can go to hell and need a dick on the way there. Uh, but in uh, 19 yeah 1996, the final episode of Carney airs in syndication. I don't know if you remember this oh wow that's the best i can get but uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i do remember that steve i think uh mm, i was 25 and uh (laughs) we dated three times
0: Okay. the first time i rented pink flamingos that's where i recall um yeah so this is around the time the talk show craze is like kicking off with you know of course springer and, and ricky lake and jenny jones carney carney wilson
1: she that's who chris farley was playing in that photo that's,
0: steve that makes sense yes um
1: so. i thought this was about my old roommate in bowling green kind of guy. Oh. hey guy. <laughs> hey guy come on guy
0: uh in 1996 that same day february 23rd before and after premieres Two parents deal with the effects when their son is accused of murdering his girlfriend. Directed by Barbit Schroeder, starring Meryl Streep, Liam Neeson, Edward Furlong, and Alfred Molina.
1: Of course, Eddie Furlong's killing bitches. Of course. You sick set of a bitch. John Connor, who raised you? God damn it, John Connor. Why'd you have to kill the bitch? You could just hit her?
0: <laughs> but Like, Liam Neeson... I'm, I'm not, I, I love Samara Street. I don't fuck with Liam Neeson. Uh, I feel like he's overrated. Um, that's my opinion. But uh, I, I noticed that like on a lot of his films on the cover it looks, he has this look like he's like holding the door and trying to keep you from like knowing something. He just had that look like, man, what's on the other side of the door? Nothing.
1: <laughs> You're not gonna go through the door. Yeah, I don't know, man. Liam that Neeson, is- you know, he had his moment. He got his taken moment. He was in a couple of things. He was Qui-Gon Jinn in that Star Wars and Phantom Menace. So I, shout out to him for that. But, you know, there was that problematic shit he said about wanting to hit or he might have killed a black person that one night because of that shit that happened in his life or whatever it was. Um, he, it la- to yourself. he was actually on Atlanta as himself sort of like acknowledging this too which i found funny i mean that he did this shit but uh you know i don't i'm not the biggest like now he's just doing like that shit bruce willis was doing for about a decade which is just straight to whatever movies that you don't give a fuck about and they're yeah. all the same it's just him as like an old fucking zamboni driver whose daughter gets kidnapped and he used to be a uh, some sort of cia asset so he just starts whooping that ass you know
0: with special skills or some yeah. shit like you just became meta
1: yeah he's a, he's a dairy farmer who also used to torture people for the cia and now he's got to get his wife back from the cartel or you know at rinse and repeat whatever he's he makes spaghetti. He has to kill some people. We can fucking make it as easy or as bad as whatever, so.
0: It's it's kind of like a Ric Flair match. It's like, all right, now he's going to do the tumble. Now he's going to do the face slap. (laughs) Now he's going to do the chest slap.
1: They tried to use him as like this heartthrob for a while, because like this movie is what that was, where he's just sort of like this like shadowy, like romantic guy who's going to like fuck some old bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's crude, Steve.
0: Unless it's Nina Hartley caught me out. But uh that same day in 96, Mary Riley premieres. A housemaid falls in love with Dr. Henry Jekyll and his darkly mysterious counterpart, Mr. Edward Hyde, directed by Stephen Frears starring Julia Roberts and John Malkovich.
1: This movie's a fucking stinker. I remember getting sucked into this by my parents, and this shit sucks, dude. Man, they got
0: your girl looking sickly. Yeah.
1: I didn't here's my anything. Okay, just visually, look at what you're seeing here. Any movie set in a time period where this is what it looks like, other than that Headless Horseman movie, Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depps, even that stinks. It's just not fun, dude. It's just not fun. There's nothing to. Unless somebody comes out of like a portal with future shit and starts fucking people up in that time period, I'm out. Yeah.
0: Like, how interesting can you make the 1540s or whatever? Like, motherfucker, y'all ain't have electricity. Shit, whack.
1: In it's the, always like, movie. weird operatic, like, church music, and then, like, some guys, like, undoing a bustle or something. It's like, this is fucking, I don't, <laughs> this isn't erotic or anything. It's just boring, dude. Just show a titty. It's fine.
0: Oh, dude. And, like, making Julia Roberts look like Elijah Wood definitely doesn't fucking help.
1: You end up, you're in love with Mr. Hyde. You're in love with a, some monster. It's like uh, the chick that's fucking beast. Like Linda Hamilton in that show where she's fucking Ron Perlman's ass in a sewer. I mean, it doesn't make sense.
0: I'd rather watch the Mary Riley porn parody where Julia Roberts' character is getting railed by Jekyll Hyde.
1: Just straight back shots while he's transforming into a monster. Like, yeah, I'm into that. We might need to produce yeah. that, Steve. Get some talent. Steve, there you go.
0: And uh, that same day in 96, Unforgettable premieres. A medical examiner who was suspected of murdering his wife is trying an experimental drug to retrieve his wife and other memory and maybe find the killer and the mass murderer in a related present case. Directed by John Dahl, starring Ray Liotis, Linda Fionn... Fienti- <laughs> Christopher <laughs> McDonald, Shooter, <laughs> and David Paymer.
1: I mean Linda Fiorentino though, Steve back in that day or as you call her Linda. <laughs> that's a cool noise though. I like that. Um Yeah, Linda Fiorentino could definitely get it back in the day. I thought she was hot, dude, like in Men in Black and shit. I don't know. She she had my little yeah. she was, dude.
0: She was killing the game.
1: Hell yeah. Look at Ray Liotta rest in peace dude rest in peace to the ledge bro
0: fucking iconic scene and dude I forgot how dope he was in blow as George Young's uh, father man
1: yeah dude he was like in the 90s if you needed a shithead at all or just like a a guy like him in Goodfellas it's one of those things where you can't even picture somebody else in the shit no he was in a movie like recently. That. I saw where he. I mean, he's he's actually in a movie now, like posthumously, that uh, like Cocaine Bear movie. I think he's in. That's coming out. So no yeah, shit. It pretty, yeah, it looks pretty fucking wow. fun.
0: Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it might take a blunt to sit through that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Man, I, all right, Pete Liotta. Man, we miss you. And uh, 1997, The Simpsons airs the episode "A Brother from Another Series." Bar suspects a paroled sideshow bob is up to his old tricks when he is hired by his brother Cecil to assist in the construction of a dam.
1: Yeah, and uh, Steve, I think we can both agree. I and mean, This is a huge, this is like crossing streams here. You don't usually get this kind of funny crossover, especially with an animated show. But basically, we get a little mini Frasier reunion inside this episode of The Simpsons. And this is another one of these memorable episodes where seen it a shitload really don't even need to watch it because i remember it so much um and really a great episode and also a lot of cool facts related to it i was looking up and one of the things before we get into the plot obviously david high pierce who plays niles crane and fraser is uh cecil sideshow bob's brother in this and uh really The reason that this happened first The guy who wrote it, which I don't have his name offhand uh, But the writer at the time He'd just been watching Frasier a bunch And he decided to sort of Write an episode of Simpsons Sort of using that as a a baseline And when he got his first draft done They actually gave this To the writers of Frasier To give like their uh, You know, I guess spiritual like approval Like this is cool with us That you write this um and apparently the only note was at one point in this Maris is mentioned which is Niles Crane's never seen wife in Frasier and yeah. um in the Simpsons episode I guess they were going to show her and Frasier's writers were like let's take that out we got to let's not do that otherwise though you guys nailed it and I think they do too I think they captured the spirit of that in this great
0: and uh, you know this this is uh, for any Simpsons fan, or you don't even need to be a Simpsons fan. Just casually, uh, you're aware of the Sideshow Bob character being voiced by Kelsey Grammer. And we start the episode off with the kids watching the Krusty Clown Prison Special. And uh, you know, Krusty he's doing his Johnny Cash send-up, uh, like when he went to Folsom. And uh, you know, he goes through the different uh, prisoners and interviews them. And we come across Sideshow Bob. And you know, Krusty's like, yeah, so uh what what he been up to? And he says, uh, well, as you know, he tried framing Krusty for armed robbery, tried to murder Selma Bouvier, rigged mayoral elections, tried to blow up Springfield, tried to murder you. And well uh a guy about the likes uh Bart Simpson.
1: Yeah, and Bart doesn't like this. He's watching, obviously, because he's the biggest <clears throat> Crossy, the cl- clown fan there is, and when he sees uh, Sideshow Bob, it basically he just has like a panic attack and runs up the stairs. And uh, in a moment of great fatherhood, uh, Homer Marge is like, "Are you going to go up there and talk to him?" And Homer's like, "All those stairs, that's <laughs> a struggle." That <laughs> So Bart's freaking out, man. I mean, this guy's tried to kill him multiple times. So I'd be a little iffy on it, for being honest. Steve. And
0: they, they try to reassure him, Marge and Homer. They're, they're trying like, hey, man, he's. How, how do you know he's going to get to you? How do you know he's going to be released? And how do you know he's going to find? You? How do you know, know that he cares still? A lot of time has passed and Bart is not shaking. He's like, no, fuck that shit he's not moved by it he's an
1: unstopp. he calls him an unstoppable killing machine which might be a little bit of an exaggeration but a little reach you know he (laughs) says he has i mean he didn't succeed uh but Mm. we cut from that contrast that to where bob's at now in prison he's singing hymns steve he's with reverend lovejoy singing hymns in prison he's an angel now angel bob steve he's sideshow Robert hell yeah he might you know we don't know though people go into prison come out you you can fake it and uh but Reverend Lovejoy he's buying in and he tells Bob that uh you know all this great stuff you're doing we gotta reward this and I've pulled some strings and I've gotten you in the work release program So he's out, Steve, I guess. It's that easy in Springfield. Hey, he's proven himself. Uh, He's being released on
0: good behavior.
1: And uh, turns out the guy who's giving him a job out of prison isn't a stranger. It's his estranged brother, Cecil, who has a style that kind of looks like David Hyde Pierce in a Simpsons way. Uh, clearly, they totally. go to the same barber, though. They got that same hair look. They got that, I guess, like a Jufro in Simpsons World, something like that. Are they getting it perms?
0: They may, may be Dominican or something. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know if there's an episode on his origins, man. Uh, but the stylings are definitely David Hyde Pierce, and um, they haven't spoken in 10 years.
1: Yeah, and uh, Bob's like. You know is this about he's worried that it's about like maybe cecil has some hurt feelings about the time that cecil went out for an audition for Krusty the clown to be his sidekick um apparently that happened and i think we actually see this in a flashback i believe right now where they cut we actually see cecil's audition bob's just going just as like moral support You know, he's Mr. Fancy Pants. Cecil does his thing. Krusty's not having it. And then he throws a pie at fucking Sideshow Bob. And it just all... It's like magic happens. It's Kitsma. So Cecil doesn't get picked. And he gets, like, shit on significantly. So I get having some hurt feelings.
0: For sure, man. That was his dream. And Dream got crushed, man. And his brother basically stole his shine. He got the job without even applying. And so now... We find out that Cecil is a chief hydrological engineer. That sounds boring as fuck. Probably pays well, but boring nonetheless. Um, and Cecil is assigning Bob to be a supervising construction crew. The supervisor of the construction crew. Goddamn! damn, can I talk?
1: Just right out of prison, though. I mean, you know, say what you will. I'm sure Bob's like a very industrious dude, but you, I don't think you can just go in cold and just like look over a construction crew of a dam. Steve, You know, maybe, you know, in Springfield, I guess, because then we, we do get introduced to the guys who are the, the construction crew, but I do think it was one funny thing that Kelsey Grammer does here where he's like, I can't be in a, like the chief or I can't look over construction guys. What am I, I can't even cat call. What am I going to do? Say, Oh, Hey, miss Capitol knockers, <laughs> like his little proper <laughs> fucking cat calling i love that shit and um, the crew
0: they're all podunk like uh yeah. the one guy like then they like submit the dog on accident he's like uh each going to heaven mr tom willinger <laughs>
1: like <laughs> god damn it cousin merle yeah cousin merle's there there's another like uh cletus the slack job yokels one of the construction crew so you know i guess hopefully these guys know what they're doing but there's a lot of lives at stake bart's also like sort of sneaking around the uh the grounds too just keeping an eye on bob this whole time which is starting to wear on bob quite a bit you know he doesn't like he likes privacy steve
0: bart is so proactive about this he's putting himself in harm's way every opportunity and if somebody tried to kill you and they got released, wouldn't you want to try to get the fuck out of Dodge? But, like, no. Bart is making sure that this man is staying on the righteous path like he says he is.
1: Yeah, and he's fucking up everything uh, for Joe Bob, who is saying, I'm just trying to get on with my life. You know, I'm not a killer. I've turned a new leaf. He's out with Edna Krabappel, Steve. Bart shows up, fucks that up, cock blocks, and fucking, yeah. you know... We all know what, like, that enrages any guy, and fucking even Sideshow Bob's like, you only get one chance at Edna Krabapo you son of a bitch.
0: Finally, Sideshow's had enough. He spots Lisa and Bart just, like, praying on him, and he's like, you know what, I'm just gonna take you kids home, and I'm gonna have a talk with your parents. Like, look, this is the last time these kids are gonna spy on me, all right? Keep this shit up, and my behavior might change. It might go back to the old Bob
1: yeah i can't he says that he's something like if i catch these kids around again i'm not responsible for what i do which you know that's fine and all but what are you gonna do dot 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 you fuck um so you know but this you know these are the simpson kids they don't listen Hard-headed. to anybody they ain't gonna listen no. to that shit so Eventually, Bart sneaks over and Lisa sneak over to the construction site because they, you know, something's got to be going on here. Something's got to be going on. So whenever Bob leaves, Cecil leaves, they sneak into that little trailer and they're looking around <clears throat> and, uh, you know, first everything seems, it's like, hey, this is just an office. There's nothing here. But then they find that briefcase, Steve, And you know, these kids might want to arrest somebody. I find a briefcase filled with that much money. I'm closing it and I'm running as fast as I can someplace to spend that money, Steve. I'm like
0: Sega cartridges.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they're not thinking like that and they can't because as they are like seeing all this, Bob is coming back to the office and Bob is in a rage, Steve, in a way that it's audible. He's he's <laughs> which is must be terrifying if you're trespassing on his property. <laughs>
0: <laughs> those darn meddling kids.
1: Uh, God damn it. He's doing like the dad from Christmas story cursing, where it's not, you don't really know what he's saying. It's just bad. You know, he's, you can definitely get the tone, you know. And, and Bob just
0: can't get a break, man. He's still being accused for his old crimes. And, uh, you know, when he does show up, they immediately accuse him of trying to do something. Something that they don't know. they he's trying to do something devious with those games. And, uh, you know as bob is trying to explain himself he's like yeah i'm supposed to overlook the crew but i have no say in the finance of this company
1: yeah he's like wait that money because basically they're like yeah oh you're not doing anything why is there a briefcase full of money in the office and he's like wait what i don't know what you're talking about we don't know if he's playing dumb or what but he confronts them they run And they hide like in the depths of the dam itself. Like they go in and he's chasing them. And as he finds them again, like in this, like the bowels of the dam or whatever, uh, Cecil shows up and he's packing some heat, Steve.
0: And he set them up the whole time. Everybody involved, even his own brother. Uh, just even hiring him. He he was playing chess while they were playing checkers. He assigned Bob in that role because his plan the whole time was to collect money off of insurance or, or claims or whatever. Yeah, who, um, better to reason- bl-
1: who better to blame than the fucking criminal killer dude? This guy's been fucking doing it. It's his fault. Because basically what he did is, like, just Cut not cost. use as much concrete. Because Bob, like, kicks something and yeah. the shit just crumbles. So... Exactly. This shit's made out of like styrofoam or some shit, Steve. This, this is a disaster waiting to happen.
0: It's uh, a, a damn made of fucking toilet material. And uh, so, yeah, he, he cut costs. And, you know, after he kills everyone uh, Bob, Lisa, and Bart, he's going to collect 15 million out of that whole fiasco and nobody will have any shred of evidence.
1: Yeah. So. This can't happen this is springfield you can't kill these kids you can't kill the simpsons and you can't kill a sideshow bob so what happens is uh i think cecil like locks them in this room that they're in like where the turbines are or whatever and he's yeah. gonna blow it up outside with some dynamite so they bob stops one of the turbines they like water slide down and get out of it to the outside sort of where you're seeing behind you and they get caught between a rock and a hard between a dam and a hard place, Steve, because Cecil's gonna blow the shit up. Uh, Bob Bart gets stuck like on the outside there and they have to sort of pull a die hard where you know they're hanging from the dynamite and before Cecil can like plunge it, they cut the line and you think, are they going to plummet to their death no they just plummet to where fucking sideshow bob takes the most heinous nut shot of all time i mean he's done oh yeah the the nuts are gone i think steve
0: turned him into a wrench and i I don't want to overlook how cecil basically bam bam bigelow fucking threw bart over the ledge uh cold-bloodedly he's
1: like yeah whatever He fuck does what here, no dude, villain dude. ever does, which is just say, fuck the bullshit. I'm not going to talk to you. Bye. Yeah, fuck you, kid. Cold-blooded, dude. I love that shit. Sideshow, <laughs> so or Cecil's the better villain, I think, Steve. He's, he's more he's more with it, with the shit. That motherfucker, motherfucker plays chess. <laughs> um, So now the damn can't be blown up, but Cecil's still got a gun. Cecil's got a gun. And uh, eventually, Sideshow Bob foils Cecil, you know, brother on brother violence. The cops show up. And this is fantastic. This is Wiggum at his finest. They have Cecil in cuffs. Uh, Lou, the black cop, I think his name is, yeah. is uh, he's got Cecil in cuffs. He's got a confession. They've got eyewitness testimony. But Wiggum's like, ah. The real villain, Sideshow Bob. And the guy's like, no, dude, like we got everything. We're, we're here and like Wiggum won't have it, Steve. So Even Sideshow Lisa. Bob, he's under arrest for being himself or some shit. I don't know.
0: Even Lisa, who's always the voice of reason. She said, like, no, we were eyewitnesses, me and my brother. Well that sounds like the testimony of the crazy Lisa Simpson.
1: <laughs> Lou, if you don't if you don't listen to what I'm saying, I will bust you down to sergeant so fast I'm already sergeant, Chief. <laughs> yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs>
0: yeah and that's true to life because cops really are like that and uh eventually the the dam just blows up and just floods the whole town of springfield and then uh we see i I like how we got a little ralph a little bit of ralph in this episode even if it's just one line and his bed just fucking floods out to the street
1: i think i wet my bed (laughs) homer sees that tidal wave come and goes in i love that. and yeah, so now Sideshow Bob, Cecil, they're in prison. They're sharing a cell, Steve, and who knows what horrible things they're planning up. And they, you know, they play that music, that Cave Fear music, but all they're doing is trying to figure out who gets top bunk, Steve. Oh, man,
0: Cecil Sideshow wants to Bob. know
1: where the menu, when the menus come, because he thinks he's in a fucking Four Seasons or some shit
0: man still got arrested man just couldn't catch a break this whole episode
1: i mean damn you like what kind of lawyer are you using that one lawyer in town like somebody calls so call a civil rights lawyer because bob's got a case steve lionel Hutch. but uh i farted steve i'm sorry oh
0: i thought you were about to say something but thank you for sharing
1: no Uh... excuse me i'm sorry
0: but uh, that same day in 97, the Steve Harvey Show, season one still, uh, they're airing the episode I Do, I Don't. A former funk star named Steve Hightower enlisted as a high school music. That's the same damn description of every episode on IMDb. Yes,
1: but I found another one, Steve, and it is Regina's parents arrive in Chicago to celebrate their wedding anniversary. Steve's music is at the center of a dispute between rappers Snoop Doggy Dog and Sean Puffy Combs.
0: We roll with that one. Thank you, yes. sir.
1: I try Steve I'm here I'm support your lead if I can't if you can't find it I do IMDB apparently doesn't respect the Steve Harvey show too much because they have one description for every episode so Mm hmm mm.
0: And this was a groundbreaking episode, man. This was meant to end the infamous East Coast-West Coast rivalry in hip hop by bringing together two big faces that were pushed to the forefront. Uh, but unfortunately, Notorious B.I.G. was murdered the next month, but um, by what yeah. some consider to be a retaliation on the murder of Tupac, um, who that just occurred a few months prior to this episode.
1: Yeah, he didn't. Steve didn't get all like his message through too much. So Tupac's dead. Notorious is still here. And Steve's got a song cuz he's from he's like a funk dude from back in the day. So one of the, like the main things going like the through line in this episode is he has this old song that both Snoop Dogg and Puff Daddy are trying to sample. So in this time that's you know it's either one or the other basically and, and in my head I'm like why not both? Make that money Steve Harvey it's your song.
0: When the funk hits the fan yeah, that's that's the big hit that the that he had with his group and uh Snoop, he walks into the classroom and just like casually, like as Snoop does. And uh, you know, he's chopping it up with Steve about getting this sample. And before uh Snoop leaves, he's like, uh, so we're gonna do a who ride. Uh I just wanna make sure I'm on the right, right side of this ride. I never said anything that like pissed you <laughs> off
1: You didn't know I was talking to Puff Daddy, do you? Yeah, it's all cool, though. Yes, I love Snoop back in the day when he was in anything. Is he basically just like he just got his way through it? He ain't acting too much. He's quiet. He's got to take Steve on a ride. And I really, you know, hopefully Steve's going to smoke some of that weed, though. But he is a public school teacher. So I don't know if they drug test
0: in Chicago. Um, But yeah, we come back from the theme song from the intro. And back at Steve's class, and he's got his uh, top three most ignorant trifling answers. One of them, Billie Holiday, was the founder of Holiday Inn. Chuck Berry is one of 31 Flavors. And BB King is called BB because it's hard to get a comb through his hair. Those are uh, classic 90s uh, one-liners right there. And um, the students, fuck a test, fuck test results. Uh, Snoop, Puffy, let's talk about it. And uh, the little Hispanic chick... uh, (laughs) I found it funny that Steve called her Nosy Perez, and uh, that's not call fair. because salt the... and
1: jalapeno pepper, too. <laughs> so... yeah,
0: man, she's, she's got a honk. She's got a gonzo. Uh, I called her retardy B. <laughs>
1: yeah, but she's quick to be like, yo, man, you got to pick a side, Ms. Steve. Snoop you know about pump. the beef? <laughs> yeah. You know, do you know about the beef? Yeah. And, and Romeo's like, just like, yeah. Bullet, what's the white guy's name, Steve? Bullethead. Bullethead. I was—I couldn't remember. I knew he had like a memorable thing, but he's like, yeah, you don't know about the West Coast beef, Mister Hobbs. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. Steve knows about it. He's—he's he's well aware, kids. You fuck. But
0: Romeo's like, yeah, you ain't been a teenager since Star Wars
1: came out the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there, it's all a buzz. Like the whole school knows that this is going to happen. So, um, but as the kids are sort of talking about that in Mark's, uh, Regina, Miss, uh, Greer, I believe her name is, who's looking sexy as fuck throughout this episode. Right. Um, and <clears throat> she's got, she's asking Steve to dinner, which I mean, thank God. Did I, did, I, did somebody answer my prayers? Say but this. it ain't that kind of date, Steve. Cause not only does she want him to come over. Uh, hang out with her parents who are there for their 40th anniversary, go pick her parents up at the, uh, airport. Like there's this whole list of shit. And it's just like, can I, can I get a kiss? Like is something like he even brings that shit up and does she does? What does she do, Steve? She's like, if you do all this, maybe you get a little tasty taste. So, I mean, come on, come on, come on. Regina. Come on, piggy. <laughs> oh Your yeah. A little band. But, I mean, you know Steve he's a good guy Steve Hightower, Steve Harvey, whoever Whatever Steve, Steve G They're all good And uh, he agrees There's some other shit, I think he actually has to Like, help them with like a song Like, sing a song Like,
0: Uh, select a song, yeah She wants his band to perform And he's like, she just got him Running through these loops just to get a little smidget Of a taste
1: Ah, I get it though, I, I would do it
0: he had us fooled like watching this episode it reminded me how this man had us fooled throughout the 90s that that was real hair a real hairline because i'm it's so obvious now and i think it's the scene where he's talking to uh puffy before snoop comes into the room and like puff they're face to face and i'm just like man that hairline is so it's so obvious it's profound there's absolutely no way somebody could keep that together at that age.
1: Steve. I think you know, I don't have any conspiracy theories on it. I think it's all natural, Steve. It's
0: not, bro. It's been confirmed. It's been confirmed because Don Curry, who played Uncle Elroy in Next Friday, he said him and Steve Harvey, are they, they had a beef where they didn't talk for a while. Uh, I guess they had a show together and the ceiling was low and the, the ceiling fan was running. And he was like, Steve, you better be careful before you lose all your hair or something. And then Steve didn't say shit to him ever since then.
1: Yes,
0: very sensitive. That, about
1: that. I mean, God damn. How petty do you have to be, Steve Harvey? Damn.
0: But clearly that's something he didn't, he, he had me fooled. He didn't yeah. want that to be out. Like,
1: I mean, he was fucking paid though, Steve, like Kings of comedy. Like this dude, he at least had the money for whatever kind of space age hair this shit is. Like, I don't, what is it? A lace front. It's some George Washington shit. God damn, dude. Well, I, you know, I never even thought about it, but looking at just that image, it does have like an eerie. There's something going on up top there where it almost looks like a Lego or some shit. Like yeah, too boxy. Man. They did something there. I don't know.
0: And we're introduced to pa- Principal Greer's uh, parents, Linwood and Corinthia. That's some throwback names, some some boomer names.
1: And they are a fucking handful, Steve. I mean, yeah. to say the least, these people are in love, but goddamn, you wouldn't know it. And Steve's doing his best. Like he's he's doing everything right here. Trip from the airport in his aus- in his luxurious ride. Nice conversation. Assistance with the bags. And what's he getting in return? A whole lot of nonsense, Steve, and I don't like that.
0: Well, uh, Papa Greer, he he didn't forget how his daughter was being teased in her fat days, and the, the songs that Steve would come up with to-, to just to make fun of this poor little girl, this little chub chub. Uh, songs like How Deep Is Your Bowl? When Will I Feed You Again? It's just cruel. Kids are merciless sometimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was a regular weirdo Yankovic of fat songs. And it, it, but it translated to a legendary funk status, Steve. So maybe he should be happy some a successful musician was making songs about his girl and probably soon will be making love songs about his his daughter. So but he hasn't forgotten He's a tough son of a bitch. His wife's a tough sob too. They'll both knock the shit out of you, and they're like the stereotypical like parents that are just nit- They're nitpicking everything. The mom's like telling yeah. her to eat. She's too skinny. She's got ass like this or whatever she does. You know, to takes- think
0: you own that stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but Steve again is a stand-up guy. He's in there. He's helping out as much as possible. So shout out to him for just staying in the pocket, but he's got a lot of work to do. Cause I guess he was flaming this chick throughout childhood. So you got a lot of, you know, if there were, if some, one of my childhood, like female bullies came out of the woodwork, there's nothing that could be done to repair that. So, you know, he's got the, his work cut out for him, Steve.
0: I hate you, bitch. And now back at Steve's class, Puffy, Sean Combs himself, just walks in. No biggie. No big pun intended.
1: I mean, like, the there's a, this is just a public school, Steve. There are musical superstars walking in on the daily. I'd be like, we can't you can't just do this. And they're just showing up to class like it's nothing. I like you can't do this, guys. This is a Chicago high school in
0: the city. You might get shot by one of these
1: kids. Yeah, I mean. Shit. Shit, I, I mean, who knows? But uh, Puffy's in, and I guess that song's that important, Steve, that both of these guys are coming in to, to I don't know, like do a sales pitch on why they should be given the sample rights? What are they there for? Yeah,
0: we gotta get that when the funk hits the fan. Take
1: that, take that. Take that, take that, Steve. Take that. Steve. Let me use now, that me some sugar song. Cookies.
0: <laughs> and like Snoop walks into the school, and Cedric sees this, and he tries to interfere to prevent him from going into the room and seeing uh, Sean Combs there. And uh Snoop eventually gets through Cedric. His uh, his crew just like hoists him out fucking jazz style. Get the fuck
1: out of here. Yeah, after like a really raggedy freestyle beatbox thing away. But shout out to Cedric for just trying to do some interference for his boy, though. Because I guess he thought there was about to be like a gang war, or I I don't know. (laughs) You know, it is wild to think about, Steve. there, There was a time and place where that was actually this was going on. Like, this had to be talked about. So, it is wild, but uh snoop gets in there puffy's there steve's like hey guys uh you know i know you guys both want to have my song or whatever but there's i got some some shit that i need which is if i do this you guys gotta like say some shit about like we need some unity here you guys can't be beefing or like i forget what he says he's got you gotta like say something about the violence or you know, like be stand up guys about it. And they basically say in this episode, they're like, this shit's all bullshit. Yeah. This is some fucking, this is like WWF. We're just saying this shit. This is media hype.
0: People just trying to sell uh, issues of their magazine or their newspaper. And Puff mm-hmm. is like, man, Snoop's been my dog since day one.
1: And then a month later, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't know how much, you know, uh, but at this point, there is no beef. So Steve's like, okay. Um, shit's cool. So I guess at this point, I think Steve Hightower, Steve Harvey thinks that both of these guys are going to get the song. Um, but at that point, we don't really know what's going on. This meeting of the minds happens. We cut the Regina's apartment and Steve and Regina are trying to help the mom and dad come up with a song, like their song for this, like, I guess it's like a wedding renewal or like some sort of just like,
0: they're going to renew know. their vows.
1: Yeah. And they can't even agree on that. Steve, the dad wants one song. The mom's not having it, you know, classic. She's just like, look, this is our song and that's, what's going to happen. So shut your mouth. And he, but he has, he finally is like, look, well then why don't you just plan the whole goddamn shit?
0: Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to do this shit, give me some funions, pa- uh, principal Greer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh steve which this this is an insane move on his part but he as like the which again stand up dude tells mr greer he's like look man i know you didn't get a chance to have a bachelor party back in the day so i'm gonna do that for you let's have a bachelor party for you <clears throat> mom not having it dad, mom getting in an argument about that and basically it ends like one thing about it that's hilarious is Steve offers it an argument starts and he like slyly just like slides out of the way of like the shrapnel and tries to yeah. leave and shit
0: he will not want no parts <laughs> and, and Corinthians asking him like so like you, you, which what you, what you gonna do with a 20 year old young something uh tight body when you got all this and he's like just answered your own question.
1: <laughs> this dude's cold blooded, dude. He's like, I ain't had a crazy night out with the boys in forty years. I'm going. I gotta out live with for Steve, Linwood. <laughs> yeah. It's about time I did something for Linwood. Uh, so he, uh, he, he's like, we going, Steve let's go. And he drags Steve out. So reluctantly, you know, I don't know what they did. They probably just wanted to have some food and whatnot, but I hope they went out, and, you know, went to a strip club, Steve. I don't know.
0: Well, the next morning, we find out Corinthia is still rocking her moo and still in her rollers uh, when she's supposed to be putting on her wedding gown. And uh, she ain't trying to do this shit now. It-, it takes Limwood to just swallow his pride and ego and apologize for the things he said.
1: And Steve Harvey just Playalistically He solves every problem In this episode With that hairline And with just a smooth Just smoothness that I have to Just shout out to because The dad comes in He's at the door And Steve's like look man You gotta just you got both Women in your life piss the fuck off So you gotta do so this is emergency time This is like we're in some straight emergency times. So you need
0: to do he, some key sweat begging.
1: You gotta just beg your ass off. So I'm gonna tell you what to say. Say it. And he goes through this whole thing where he's like, You I'm not anything without you. The dad repeats it. But then as, at some point, Steve looks over at Regina and starts like saying his script for the dad, but to her. So there's two, the mom and the daughter are both just gushing at this point Steve exactly it's fucking filling the kid it's the waterworks this monopoly of the property's soaking right now and uh you know basically mom comes out and she's like I love you they make up and in what I can only say is a very disgusting move they're like so we got this ceremony and the dad's like give me 30 minutes to just knock the dust off the pussy real quick it goes into the room right off of the room it's like guys uh. I mean, go. I mean, there's not a radio loud enough for us to. We gotta go.
0: Buddhist go, mothballs,
1: yeah, dude. But um, so. You know, Steve solved the problem. And this this ends in the great way, Steve. Cedric has one of the funniest bits at the end of this where we're at the ceremony, right? He's talking to, you know, a fine little lady and he's, he's just shooting game and he's like, you know, women in their forties need to lower their standards. Hi, I'm Cedric the Editinger. <laughs> it's fucking so cool, Steve. Hey, you miss uh, 100% of the ones you don't take, right?
0: Okay, I can't knock him, man.
1: I mean, hey, he's right, too. And I mean, I guess the chick wasn't ready for the truth, Steve. And that's really all it is.
0: (laughs) And so the ceremony goes off without a hitch. No pun intended. And at the end of the episode, the bouquet is thrown. And who catches it? Principal Greer. And she just, her and Steve share a glance, foreshadowing.
1: Don't do it, Steve.
0: (laughs) Keep your heart through stacks. (laughs) Keep your heart keep your heart straight lace wig uh that, <laughs> that same day in 97 schindler's list makes its network debut on nbc the film is broadcast virtually unedited and is the first telecast to receive a tvm now tvma rating under the tv parental guidelines that had been established earlier in the year hmm. speaking of the devil again that boring ass fuck.
1: yeah i mean uh It is wild that they just showed it unedited, but it's like historically accurate shit. So I, you know, I don't know who would have a problem with it. Other than Nazis who are like, come on guys. Haven't we gotten over this yet? That's not a good German accent. See, that was like (laughs) South American. (laughs) 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 Oh, hello. (laughs) I suck. I
0: mean, conspiracy theorists probably wouldn't watch it. At all, like it's, this is all fictional. Like, yeah, Mel dad like...
1: didn't watch it. I know that this is all. This is fake. This is this. It's like a Disney movie. This is a couple, There was a couple thousand people. Whatever. Hey, Mel, shoot another lethal weapon movie. I need to build a church.
0: Yeah, uh, but that same day in 1997, Super Brawl Seven is aired through WCW at the Cow Palace in San Francisco, California and uh man i actually watched this and it starts off ridiculous because it's about Roddy Roddy piper escaping alcatraz and he's wearing this uh carefully tatted shirt and he's supposed to be crazy he's breaking alcatraz shut down in the 60s so like i don't know where they are going with this but he just casually walks out of one of the cells um it's See, the 90s. they had we to just...
1: lock him up someplace he's too crazy they just dropped it's him Ronnie. off
0: Man paints half his face black. He's put him in Alcatraz, and so he. The main event is Roddy Roddy Piper against uh, Hollywood Hogan, and of course Hollywood Hogan wins with the assistance of uh, DiBiase and Vincent. And um, th- this is also uh, the turn of Macho King or Macho Man. Uh, he goes NWO in this pay per view.
1: I love it. I love that period of NWO where they were just absorbing wrestlers like every episode. It was like, dude, Buff Bagwell's in F- NWO now with fucking Scott Norton and shit. I like that time.
0: And, and speaking of Buff Bagwell, I know that's your boy, but I have my reservations about the man. I like, I'm not anti Buff, but it's like this is kind of cringe. It's like, it, I think what it is is just the the cheesiness and, in addition to the choker.
1: The choker always yeah. fucking like are you a power bottom bro? Like were you But he was just like I feel like that was his vibe. He was just like the male stripper guy. It was just, you know, every generation needs a male stripper who's just out there also whooping ass on the side. Um I would like to point out he wasn't a Cinemax level porno. Um <laughs> so uh let's not like question is sexuality or just like just the vibe in general because he was out there fucking even on film Steve so you have to respect it and I don't don't shit talk him vis- he's one half of vicious and delicious guess which one he is
0: uh, man I I okay love the, I, lo- here, I you- love
1: that reaction
0: You're okay uh, well <laughs> He got he he got defeated by Diamond Dallas Page, who I am a, a, a big fan of, uh, by disqualification. Uh, DDP's a stud, man. And uh, one of the matches of the night was Eddie Guerrero uh, against Chris Jericho in the United States Heavyweight Championship match, and it, it was in twelve minutes two seconds. And I've I've realized that like whenever these guys are paired, there's like a, a crew. They have their own collective. There was Benoit, Jericho, Guerrero, and Malenko and so when any of those four are facing each other it's probably more times than not going to be the match of the night and uh this one was no different man they're pulling out all those reversals and all of these guys they worked with each other overseas in japan they did the ecw circuit so they were well familiar with each other's routine man and that's why they put on good performances um I didn't know and that this they is my were connected best like that. I
1: that clocks because yeah. like I remember like Jericho and Stinko and Malenko and all that like the all the shit that they did with that was great. So that's cool that they you know they were just like yeah let's fucking do this shit let's put on a show it's fucking dope Hell yeah.
0: And uh, this is my favorite version of Jericho. Mm. It, it like Jordan this is his goat and I, I'm pretty sure if you ask him that he'd probably say the the lion. Uh, what is it, the, the the Braveheart, the Lion, whatever they fucking call him, the Lion Tamer. Lionheart
1: um, and the Lion the Tamer, Lionheart. dude. Yeah. Chris Jericho was a beast back then. When he was, because he was succeeding every time you were like, they're not going to let him do this, pulling Rey Mysterio's mask off. He would collect like trophies of guys. Like he had that picture of Dean Malenko that he would just bring out and just like shit on and stuff.
0: I, I love <laughs> so it, man. Cool. He, like he's, he's perfect at the villainy. And uh, also, Public Enemy. I know how you love them. They had a match with Harlem Heat and uh, the Faces of Fear. It was a three-way dance, and they always bring these tables out only to get thrown through them. Man, I, I appreciate that,
1: Steve. You're right. One of the the fat ass one gets up on the top rope. Boom, he's out.
0: And Rey Mysterio had a match with the uh, Prince Ikea for the World Television Championship, and I. It, it was just hilarious how Steven Regal comes out and he yanks Rey Mysterio off of the apron. Like, he's just standing there, like, outside the ropes, and uh, Regal comes in to interfere. He just like, you got to see it, bro. He just fucking, get your ass down here. Because he's, <laughs> Rey Mysterio's a small guy, and Regal's, all, like, a, a brolic guy. So he yeah, just yeah. like he was a toddler. Like, get your little ass off the fucking...
1: Rey um, Mysterio used to have, like, comically weird shit. Like, I remember one time, I think it was in WCW kevin nash just like picked him up and threw him like a dart like into the side of a building (laughs) it was just like he was so small that that could happen basically a guy like Steven regal could just like throw him around like a paper airplane
0: and uh man this is eerie uh in hindsight because chris benoit he had a match with woman uh as his manager and he fought the Taskmaster, Mr. Kevin Sullivan, uh, with Miss Jacqueline and Jimmy Hart on his side. And the title of the match was San Francisco Deathmatch, and I'll just leave that one alone
1: after that. Oh, man, what an ugly match too! Benoit versus Kevin, the gnome Sullivan,
0: I just never got it.
1: I don't like that era. I get if you're a good writer, right? You're a good writer. Even Conan O'Brien got put on a couple of times, like on SNL. But when you look like Kevin Sullivan, I'd be like, dude, I can't put you out there, man. I don't give a fuck how many push-ups you can do. You look like Hulk Hogan if we shrunk him down and made him uglier. So I can't, we can't do it.
0: Yeah, like there's not enough face paint, not enough costumes to make your shit convincing. No
1: one's going to believe it. We have a guy out here named Buff Bagwell who looks like a gay male porn star. You? We just can't do it, bud. Sorry. Uh,
0: somebody who probably didn't watch Super Brawl 7 from the Cow Palace is probably Canadian basketball player Jamal Murray because he was born 1997 Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. It's with these Canadian basketball players in February 23rd. I was gonna
1: say, dude, what the f- I didn't know Canadians could ball like this. I knew there was a few, but... Steve Nash. Yeah. You know? Drake's cheering yeah. them all on. Hard.
0: Yeah, man. Good old Aubrey, man. And Jamal Murray, he's an all-star, he's had some success with the Nuggets and uh, the Joker. Uh, but in 1998, uh, I, it's funny how Macho Man crosses over in the 97 Super Brawl uh, to NWO. And by 98, uh, WCW Nitro, Macho Man's ready to kick Hollywood out of NWO. <laughs> I'm not getting kicked out. You are, Owen And <laughs> Uncensored, I'll you. see you. <laughs>
1: I love it. I mean, this is when it was getting ridiculous, though, because then the Wolfpack started. Then there was LWO. Then, who knows? There was a blue W. I don't know. There was shit popping back then. But, yeah, Macho Man, I loved him in NWO. I love the weird, like, didn't he have something that said, like, madness on it? Wasn't that that what his shirt said? I had that shit as a fat kid. Should have said fatness on it. Missed opportunity.
0: And also in 98, The Closer debuts on CBS. The show starred Tom Selleck as a successful advertising agency executive. And uh, of course, this airs on CBS. Uh, y- yes, Tom Selleck, uh, y- you were selling a lot of tickets uh, in your heyday, man. But like comedian or comedic actor, you are not. But t- to CBS, they don't they'll write that check. He's got a mustache. He's still <laughs> handsome.
1: Can I get a check, CBS? I mean, damn, but. Yeah, Chris Selleck, he just excels at this. Like, I'm old, I'm authoritative, I have a mustache, and I'm not unhandsome. I'm, I'm more of like a Burt Reynolds if I'm looking at this kind of look, but Selleck's yeah. killing it. He's done it.
0: Yeah, but he didn't kill it in the closer, because that shit lasted 10 episodes, even with Ed Asner next to him. And uh
1: was Tom yeah. Selleck in a baseball movie, Steve? Where he played baseball in Japan.
0: He was. I can't call the name of it, but yes, Mister uh, Baseball, Mister Fucking Baseball.
1: It's a weird movie because he's in. He's playing for like Japanese baseball team, so it's like a fish out of water story. I don't know. Now I'm kind of thinking I like that movie, Steve. Shout out Tom Selleck, dude, killing it, licking puss <laughs> with a mustache. How many celebrity? like female celebrity femme fatales from like the 70s and 80s 90s and even to this day steve on blue bloods another cbs show um do you think there's like levels to it it's like a cast iron skillet where it's like spiced where it's just like flavored with all that just like a suicide you know or just like damn is that is that brooke shields what is this
0: well, there's a, a certain rite of passage that you have to go through. And I, I think uh, the officiating minister at the time was Burt Reynolds. And so he he gave uh, Mr. Selick the, the the right of way. He gave, he gave him the green light. Like, look, man, I'm going to pass the torch on to you. So now Tom Selick, he's just like waiting. He's waiting on his next. Like, are you going to take it?
1: I love that. Burt Reynolds is like, I walked so you could run, Tom. So go for it. It's time to pass the torch.
0: But, uh, unfortunately that same day in 98 When the closer was opening Bobby's World was ending On Fox Kids Oh Bobo.
1: Oh, You know I was older at this point But it's tough I love Bobby's World It was such a good ass kids show And I don't think it gets People talk about you know Muppet Babies They talk about this or that But Bobby's World I don't hear a lot of people talking about it as much And that's a shame we're talking about it we're out here we're doing it for you mr mandel
0: i remember we talked about the debut just a couple months ago man but uh 1999 tlc releases the album fan mail and uh this is the last tlc album uh to have lisa left eye lopez
1: Hmm.
0: contributing to it um her untimely demise happened in 2002
1: and how did she die was it a plane crash
0: a car crash car Uh, crash in the south i think guatemala maybe i'm uh, going on a, a spiritual journey and i guess just lost in thought man um just veered off and just had a fatal accident and uh oh, this is uh known for no scrubs that was the breakout single and um you know this is their second most successful album after crazy sexy cool which is the top selling girl group album of all time um this it's, it has a very TRL album artwork to it, man. Um,
1: yeah, hell yeah. <clears throat> also known as a buster.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, they were broke. Ain't that some <laughs> shit? Also, in '99, Lit releases the album A Place in the Sun, and I remember the the two tracks, My Own Worst Enemy and Miserable. You make me completely
1: miserable. I hated Lit, dude. There was a couple of these bands. There was another band called Goldfinger that everybody had the CD for that for some reason, I always associate with Lit. I don't even know if they sound the same, but yeah, dude, fuck a Lit. Fuck lit, Steve.
0: Yeah, fuck, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play their whole album. Uh, fuck a lit.
1: I, what was the I, I other song? Add, what was the first one? I, that's probably all. Please tell
0: me. Please tell me
1: why uh, your car is in the vineyard. Okay, that's it <laughs> I added like, that to the
0: playlist. So I'm saying say completely. Sorry. Lit.
1: Sorry, lit. You got one out there, but that's it that's for it for that with lit. Steve and that's it and that's some lit, shit lit.
0: yeah and uh, but also in 99 Prince Paul releases a Prince Among Thieves and this was a really good album that's underground uh Prince Paul he did a lot of work with De La Soul uh R.I.P to True Goy uh yeah. and um this was a concept album when hi- concept albums in hip-hop weren't really seen um hmm. it, it still to this day you know th- there are very few like good conceptual hip-hop albums where they have an actual, like, story. And the concept follows the story of an aspiring young MC named Tariq, played by MC Breesley Bur- Bruin, who needs to collect money to record a demo tape before a meeting with Wu-Tang Clan leader RZA. The story follows a desperate Tariq who skips work at his low-paying job and turns to his friend True, played by MC Big Sha, who introduces him to drug dealing. The two make their way through the drug world, a police ambush, jail, and finally a deadly showdown. And uh, they're cameos from Cool Keith, Big Daddy Kane, Chubb Rock, Biz De La Soul, Everlast, Sadat X, Exhibit, uh, Special Ed, Chris Rock, RZA, and Buckshot. And so... um.
1: Damn, that sounds cool. I I mean, I've never heard of this, but that's a cool idea, for sure. I had a lot of fucking uh, hitters in that shit, too. That's cool.
0: And, like, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with De La Soul, but you know, Prince Prince Paul and De La Soul, they're they're like those rappers who want to be outside the box. And Prince Paul, he's just as an artist, because he's a producer and and stuff, too, um, and he actually did a project with RZA. And I just appreciate rappers who do that, man.
1: Yeah, it is cool to see people that just don't give a fuck about they, they have just whatever their own signature style is. There's a guy that I used to listen to called Del the Funky Homo sapien that I feel like yeah. is sort of like that where he just had his own thing, you know, it all kind of sounded similar, but nobody else sounded like he did.
0: Yeah, like making like operatic albums
1: that's cool though that it was like a storyline and shit in and out you know i definitely haven't heard of like it's almost like a one-man show type cd but not one man obviously
0: and uh that same day in 99 eminem releases the slim shady lp and uh this is his second studio album uh, a lot of people didn't know about infinite at the time and it debuts at number two on the billboard 200 selling over 200,000 copies in its first week
1: Man, I remember when I got this CD, dude, I had to hide it because at the time I was getting in trouble for a lot of parental advisory CDs. So, um, got it. And honestly, this is one of the only Eminem albums I can still listen to. I don't like Eminem anymore. Doherty killed it for me. It's over, like, I can't hear it anymore without having like PTSD. Uh, but I specifically, the, the mushroom song where he talks about giving a chick mushrooms,
0: I never meant to give you mushrooms, girl. I never meant meant to bring bring you you
1: to my my world on a corner crying. And now it's my fault. My fault. I mean, it was this is another one where it's like a lot of like songs that were just stories in and of themselves. And it was cool.
0: This is a concept album, I, you know, because they had skits where, you know, he's throwing his his baby mama over the fucking bridge and shit and, yeah. you know, riding off with his daughter. And uh, one of my favorite tracks is Role Model. Uh, I came at a club drunk with a fake ID. Don't you want to grow up to be just like me? I've been with 10 women who got HIV. Don't you want to <laughs> grow up to be just like me? I got genital warts and it burns when I pee. You probably want to grow up to be just like me. I love it
1: yeah there's some good shit on here and i this was one where i almost wore the cd out i listened to it so much
0: like i was impressed man like because the first single was my name is so people immediately wrote him off as like oh this is the new vanilla ice this little pop is fucking he's not a rapper but you listen to the fucking cut the the album cuts and for me what sold me was uh guilty Conscience." and he's like having that back and forth with dr dre mr nwa mr ak coming straight out of copy y'all better make way i'm like whoa i'm buying this album there's more to this guy than my name is
1: i mean he was my favorite rapper forever like for a while for a good like three years because there was this there was the one that was like uh after this it had him like in front of a red curtain like a i forget what that one was called
0: Well, this one is the, the Slim Shady LP. The one after that was the Marshall Mathers LP, which is like his best one. Is that I
1: yellow, that. like sort of yellowish it, it's, cover? It's
0: like beige, peach. Yeah. Okay, you I know, got him
1: out of order. My bad.
0: Encore is the or the Eminem is it the Eminem uh. show or Encore.
1: I mean, the Eminem show had like the shit. I feel like from like uh, like uh, the video where he was like Tom Green and shit in it. Um, yeah.
0: like the trl type
1: shit but yeah, yeah this one specifically this not his first one like you said but the slim shady lp this one still has a place in my heart to the point where i can listen to it and like there are cool songs like that like the like i said the mushroom song and stuff where it's not like it's just not like anything else that you'd heard especially at this point so
0: no not from a white guy especially yeah uh and what it, a and way to get know,
1: like introduced. You know. So I always thought that was cool. Like where he had like the bona fides from Dr. Dre, like where that he was, Dr. Dre's like, look, I know he's white, but listen to this. It was he's almost like shit. they had to do that. And they did really. Cause I mean, there wasn't a great track record for it. Sure, so man. It, it was Vanilla Ice and that guy, we were uh, fucking, uh. Licky boom boom now.
0: (laughs) Snow in Palmer, Uh, but uh, also in '99, the Roots released their breakthrough album *Things Fall Apart*, and it includes the song *You Got Me*, which won the 2000 Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group, and it was actually nominated for Best Rap Album of the Year, uh, but it would lose to Eminem's *Slim Shady* LP.
1: I came into them like Jordan in college. I found out about them when we were in like freshman year. I didn't really know about them too much. But I mean, the roots are so prolific now uh, that I mean, they've, it's even beyond music at this point. I mean, Quest loves like some sort of, he's like a philosopher now, basically, you know?
0: Pop cultural icon, man. Yeah. You see the fro with the pig standing in it, man. You know, it's like, it, it, it's kind of like any of the popular wrestlers back in the day. You didn't have to like watch wrestling but you could pick out Hulk Hogan like I bet
1: you could make a silhouette or quest love like and you would know it just from his silhouette. You know exactly. what I mean? It's that it's that big of a, like a, a thing and uh what's the like I suck at names, man, but the one dude can spit like a motherfucker. Black in that, Thought? Yeah, Black Thought, man. That guy, I remember there was an album that came out in like the early 2000s that had, there was, it was successful. I mean, definitely, it was why I bought it, obviously. I wasn't as into the roots as the other people, but man, I remember just thinking how crazy it was that they weren't more popular back then. Obviously, that's not the case now, which is cool, so
0: they they never were like you know commercial you know they kind of stayed in their lane and you know they even were part of that backpack crew they have some of those guys on this album they have the most stuff they have comment on there even beanie siegel with some some philly support there and uh the, the song you got me with erica badu and eve uh more philly support um but yeah great album and this is what kind of brought them to the mainstream uh but somebody who probably didn't listen to any of those in 1999 was american wrestler the renegade uh he would pass away due to a self-inflicted gunshot uh in marietta georgia
1: renegade so this isn't Loren- lorenzo lamas is alive and well
0: yeah this is the guy that uh he's basically like a watered down warrior uh, and uh, his whole get up man and Uh, Due to severe depression and continued to increase for Wilson after being released from WCW as well as bad financial situation. Uh, He just did himself in at the age of 33.
1: Ran again.
0: And uh, police said that he was arguing with his girlfriend who lived with him uh, when he suddenly pulled out a 380 caliber pistol in the kitchen. and just shot himself.
1: And it's crazy how many wrestlers have these sad endings. But this guy, I don't even remember this one. Like this is like a so this Mid-Carter. is Truly, they were like, this didn't work out, bud.
0: First hour of Nitro.
1: <laughs> you you couldn't paint that R on good enough. We need somebody else. So you're out, renegade. Did he have a duster at least, Steve?
0: No duster, no. You can't you can't like you're doing already doing too much you can't do the duster too man
1: that adds to it though that adds to the me- the mystique the majestic aspect of your character and uh just i feel like as far as like that also a tie-in to a, a successful usa drama as well so
0: there you go now any callbacks takeaways or itchy rashes
1: um i do have an itchy rash but i think that's just the herpes coming back um But I just thought maybe uh, we, I'll just share a couple more of Michael Bolton's pastimes with you if you don't mind, Steve. Just a couple. Shoot away. Obviously, he's like a worldly guy. So this was, this is an older book. These might've changed a little, but I'm sure this is still true to this day. Um, Loves skiing, loves music. I mean, come on, ladies. I don't think we needed that one. I get it. Uh, but he's into uh baseball, Steve. And I think I even pointed this out the last time. Michael Bolton probably would have been like a rock and jock legend because he was out there playing like semi professional baseball and killing it. Apparently this guy I mean obviously he's a celebrity so all you have to do is pay for the outfit but he was out there swinging away Steve and I feel like he could He might have missed a calling. This might be, you know, like Russell Wilson could have played for the the Yankees or whatever. Yeah. Michael Bolton could have been fucking, you know, fucking nailing it with the Bash Brothers in Oakland or something. We just missed out. So Move over
0: Tom Selleck, there's a new Mister Baseball.
1: <laughs> what about you, Bud? Uh, man, in uh,
0: 1990, uh, Full House is airing the episode. Those better not be the days. And the parents, they they change. Uh, roles with the kids where the, the kids can act like the adults and the the, and the men could act like kids and like the, the girls have to basically take care of the boys just to prove them a lesson and they have these strict responsibilities and all of this stuff and they eventually find their lesson but there's a daydream sequence where fast forward and the girls are grown up all the guys are old and uh, grown up Kimmy Gibbler is played by Rhonda Shear and everyone's mm-hmm. like "Oh, oh. And, Ki- and Kimmy is like you should, you guys wish you were nice to me when I was a girl huh?
1: Dude, Jesus hot yeah. Rhonda Shear back in the day Steve I know I was a little kid but just seeing the cleavage in a short promo at the beginning of some shitty ass movie they played late on USA when she would yeah. go USA up uh, all night i mean dude i it just did something to me bro i just wanted to just suck around is Rhonda still with us
0: she follows oh no i'm not gonna say she follows us uh, we follow her and she liked one of our posts
1: well Rhonda, you know i know i'm a taken man steve isn't but i'm going out here on a limb if you want to go out on a date maybe see what happens with me I would love to do that and just maybe make one of my childhood dreams come true. Cause I used to just dream, Steve. I there were sleepless, just like uncomfortable nights with a boner where Rhonda Shear would come up and I just just have these just naughty dreams about Rhonda. Rhonda, I'm sorry. I do declare, Steve. But she shout out you. to Rhonda, oh, dude. Oh no. Yeah, she did. And but there was nothing there. I mean, now it's tame it's like what are you even getting razzled about it was just some cleavage but ronda she could do it man Rhonda sheer
0: in, uh, in, in 92, uh, married with children, which is one of our original choices, man, they earned the episode of my dinner with anthrax and the real anthrax shows up and this was actually a thing on MTV where fans could call in and a lucky fan could have anthrax come to their house and party. And in the real life contest anthrax goes to the house of a fan and they trash the place. I don't yeah. know if you remember that.
1: <laughs> um, I do remember that. That's good. But that's what do you expect? Look at the guy's goatee. What do you think's gonna happen?
0: Scott Ian, man, shout out to him. And uh, also, oh man, I got a lot, bro. I watched a lot of these episodes in '93 quantum leap they had a two-parter uh returns of the evil leaper and revenge of the evil leaper where sam he encounters a, a leaper on the dark side and her mission is to like foil people's plans and make sure people die like she's sent out on a mission and sam is trying to like connect and bring her to the like show her the light like no you're working on the wrong team but her person the uh, Like her her mentor person Is always interfering And in, in getting in the scheme of things And like it was a good two-parter hmm. Um, and Evil 95.
1: leapers So there's just agents of chaos out there That are like oh fuck that We don't want these people to hook up I'm gonna cock block George Washington's mom To foil the plans
0: plan. Yeah man wow. They die they die
1: Wow, dark dude. I thought you were gonna say Rhonda Shear was like her guy with the pad. Like, damn, no, this but the, was just killing it.
0: <laughs> it. It was an older lady that wasn't too bad, though, man. And uh, 95 New York Undercover is airing the episode Cat and uh, Ice T. He has a memorable cameo and uh, you know, he plays this drug dealer named uh, Danny Ho, I believe. And in one scene, he slaps a kid, like, he is cold blooded in this fucking episode. And you know, the, the boys they go undercover to uh, lock get him arrested. Uh, he gets arrested by the end of the episode, but he does return. Um, and that one Man, we shut up,
1: undercover. little kid.
0: Help me feel uh, this though. I'm Fucking pimping, my, baby.
1: The <laughs> That's awesome, though. Shout I'm out, Ice Huffler. T. I'm a hot Steve. You do and, a uh, great iced tea. I gotta give it to you. You're great at that. Homicide detective. <laughs> we gotta get you on cameos, Steve. You can do fake cameos as Ice T. Okay, we're gonna make this money.
0: And you shout out Ice T, he just received his uh star in the Walk of Fame, man. Uh, oh, right yeah, so uh, this but guy, it,
1: for I mean, just for being Ice T, was it for like just for everything? For dude, everything, been, like
0: Law and Order's been on forever, bro, and he's been like a, a cornerstone piece of that show.
1: Um, so many great movies too. that movie where he gets hunted by all those, like by Gary Busey and like all those rich trespass. White is that what it's called? Is it tr- I mean, it's a it trespass. It's basically the da- most dangerous game, but I forget what it's called, but it's like Gary Busey's hunting him basically, which that's always going to be great.
0: And, uh, 96 boy meets road is airing the episode life lessons and bambino from uh sandlot he's one of these bullies who's like like he's a part of this crew that hates mr feeney he gives them like a two-part exam and like everybody's just like what the fuck like what are you on bro but like bambino is a part of this crew like no we've had enough of feeney and so they 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 deface the school they're going out of their way they tp mr feeney's house and shit and mr feeney is like he, he's thinking about retiring he's about had it and like corey he stands up for mr feeney he's like look man i know this shit like the tests are annoying and like so they get in corey's face like man what do you What are you, you sound like a pussy
1: bitch ass What which is what you, you sucking suck feeney's dick mr matthews we hear it we heard him talking to you you sick fuck
0: Sneaking over next door.
1: That's hilarious. Fucking the great Beano is just fucking defacing school property. He's such a sweet boy. That's the last person I think they'd get to play a bully.
0: Exactly. Which is, it's not convincing. Like, man, your whole crew is pushed. You need more people. Uh, <laughs> but also, man, this is the last one in 96. Family Matters airs my big brother. And that has a, a young Orlando Brown. He's a part of the big brother program. And uh, Steve Urkel is enlisted as, as his big bro. And Orlando Brown, it's unfortunate what's what's going on with this man. Uh, he's gone viral for the wrong reasons. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right?
1: No, Orlando Brown? Who is that?
0: Orlando Orlando Brown, he's a child actor. He was in Major Pain. He was the cute kid. He's 3J in oh, Family okay. Matters. All right. You know, All right. He, he became little Rich, cousin Richie's like buddy, like in those later seasons. And he was in the Jamie Foxx show. He had her curry role. So the kid had chops. He was a funny little kid. Yeah. He would go on to be um, That's So Raven. Um, but he's got some, some funny moments in this episode and, uh, you know, the shit that he's doing now, it's funny, like I said, for the wrong reasons. Um, but please like, share, subscribe and comment. Please ask your sister, tell me why sleeping with my clothes on and, uh, check out over the culture one day and, uh, crush gas on Wednesdays, B3F podcast with Joey and Steve and Amanda and Wade don't worry be movie this is steve g and Maggie with Evan in, in the 90s,
1: 90s. he came in with the clothes on. happened in the 90s
0: In the I, 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 I in your mind.